Good morning, Living Waters Outreach. Good morning to everybody joining in in the live stream. Um, for those of you who may not know who I am, uh, I'm not Pastor Robert. He's better looking than I am. And, uh, but I am Lex Brown. I hold the position here as the Freedom Prayer Pastor. And um, actually, it's out of that role that the message is coming today. Because I've spent the last 10 years um, leading Freedom Prayers. And it's been like a, mm, like a first-hand witness or a, a ringside seat into the spiritual battle that is going on all around us. And so over this period of time, the Lord has been teaching me about that spiritual battle. And we're, what we're going to call it, and the name of this message this morning, is spiritual warfare. Um, and so uh, just recently, the Lord has given me fresh insight about the spiritual warfare that we are in. And so uh, I want to share that with you. I want to pass it on to you this morning so that the church is edified and built up. Amen? So let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you are the God of creation. I thank you that you are right here with us. I thank you that you indwell us. I thank you that you are leading and guiding us, that you're leading us in the way everlasting, that it's your delight to counsel us with your eye upon us. And so that's our plea right now. It's our plea for you to come in and uh, wash over us and wash us afresh, wash us anew so that we can fasten our eyes upon you, the author and the finisher of our faith. So we praise you, we worship you, we extol you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So uh, church, get your Bibles out. And... Um, it's kind of hard to see up here. <laughs> I'm going to have to change my eyeballs. If you will, turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 10. Now, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and uh, in verse 10, uh, the Apostle Paul, obviously writing to the church at Ephesus, and he says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So, so Paul has brought us in this last part of his letter to what I would say is the bottom line. He's saying, I am giving you a final word. I've already spoken to you in this letter about our position in Christ. I've talked to you about the power that we have in Christ. I've talked to you that we are the body of Christ. And I have talked to you about the relationships that we have horizontally in Christ Jesus, and now I'm bringing you to this final word that I want you to know and understand is that we are in spiritual warfare. 
And he's going to go ahead and delineate how we conduct the spiritual warfare. And so it's in this that the Lord has been revealing to me in looking at all the freedom prayers that we've done, hundreds of freedom prayers, and understanding the battle that is raging amongst us and how we fight the battle. So first and foremost, he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I I hope you know and understand that in and of ourselves, we have no power. The power is in Christ Jesus. Paul tells us that in the very first chapter of Ephesians in verses 19 and 20. He says, I want you to understand what is the immeasurable power that is toward us. It's the very same power that raised Christ from the dead. That power is in Christ Jesus. Zechariah 4.6 says, It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. So that power that we have that Paul is telling us to be strong in, in his mighty power, is the power that comes from the Holy Spirit and it resides in our spirit. Amen? So we need to be staying strong in the power of his might. Secondly, he says, put on all of God's armor. Why? Because we have an enemy. And he says, you will not be able to stand firm against all the strategies or the wiles of the enemy unless you put on the armor of God. Now, I'm going to say, as I pondered this and meditated on this, this is the very same thing as putting on Christ Jesus. Because it says, put on the helmet of salvation. Jesus is our salvation. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Jesus is our righteousness. Gird your loins with truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. He is our peace. Take up the shield of faith. He is our faith. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He is the Word of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us that in Ephesians chapter 4. Look at uh, verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So we put on the armor, we put on Christ Jesus, and we become righteous and holy through his blood. So, I heard some people, and I'm not knocking them, but, but we don't have to get up every morning and say, okay, I'm putting on my helmet of salvation. I'm putting on my breastplate of righteousness. No, church, we should have never taken it off, right? So we put on Christ Jesus Christ Jesus becomes our life, and that is how we walk, and that is how we conduct our spiritual warfare. 
because we have we put on Christ and now we submit ourselves to God. We resist the devil and he has to flee. James 4, 7. Amen? Okay, here's the crucial verse. For we are not fighting. Oh, I wanna, I'm going to say this in the way I memorized it out of the Revised Standard Version. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So you see, on the one hand, is contending against flesh and blood. On the other hand, is contending against the principalities and the powers and those spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And I'm telling you, we cannot conduct spiritual warfare out of our flesh. We have to conduct spiritual warfare in the spirit, out of our spirit. Our spirit and the Holy Spirit are joined, and we cannot fight the enemy out of our flesh or contend against flesh and blood. And unfortunately, in everything that I have seen, a large number of Christians are trying to battle out of their flesh. And we're going to talk more about that in a minute. So, um, so Paul is saying, no, that isn't where the battle is. The battle is in the spirit fighting the, the spirit. Our spirit fights with spirits. Our flesh cannot. Amen? All right. <laughs> That's like... <laughs> Like Robert, oftentimes he says, "I'm looking out here and I'm wondering what you're thinking." So, uh, so yeah. If you want to say Amen and Hallelujah, that's fine with me. Okay, Hallelujah. All right. So, um, so that is where the battle is. We are in, whether you like it or not, we are in a spiritual warfare, and um, and he, God has given us by His divine power everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. He has given us divine weapons for defeating the enemy. The only way that we are going to do that is to go to Galatians 5.16. I don't know how you drink with one hand and hold the mic with the other. Hey, I didn't, I didn't hear any papers rustling, so you must be on your iPhones. So Galatians 5.16, this is where it gets good. So I say, okay, the Apostle Paul again, writing to the church in Galatia under the power of the Holy Spirit, and he's speaking to not only that church, but to us. And he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Now, in RSV that I, me I memorize that in, it says, but I say walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. And what this really says is, is that if we are walking in the Spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. They're mutually exclusive. So we are to walk by the Spirit so that we will not, I like what the New Living says, we will not be doing what your sinful nature craves. Now, the Greek word for sinful nature or flesh is a really cool word. I like it because it's simple. It's sarx, S-A-R-X, sarx, and it means 
our our body, our mind, and, and our mind, will, and emotions. So, it's it's our five senses. You know that thing that craves that quart of ice cream, um, and it is our our emotions, our mind, our will, and then so we are tripartite, right? We're body, we are soul, and we are spirit. If you don't believe that, go to First Thess five twenty three, and you can read all about it. So, um, so he's saying. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives or walk by the Spirit. The Greek word for walk is a longer word. It's peripateo, and it means to walk, yes, but it also means how we conduct our lives. So we are to conduct our lives by the Holy Spirit residing in us, listening to the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit speak to our spirit. And we walk in that knowledge. We walk in that revelation. We should be living revelatory lives in the Holy Spirit. And then we will not gratify the sarks. So what's it say in verse 17? The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. So church, I'm telling you, the Lord has transacted this in my life in my heart, in my spirit, and my, my desire is to see the church transformed. The other day I was in a quiet time, and I was happened to be in Revelation 19, and I came across verse 7, and the Holy Spirit just spoke right into my heart right then because it says, Now the time of the marriage feast of the Lamb has come, and His bride has prepared herself. Oh, when I read that, and I said, oh, Father God, I want to see the bride preparing herself for the marriage feast of the Lamb, to be pure, holy, without spot, without wrinkle, beautifully arrayed, and ready for the bridegroom. And so what we need to be doing is preparing ourselves, plural, for the marriage feast of the Lamb. So let's take a look at what the Sarks does. Verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the Sarks, the results are very clear. So <laughs> I love that. I love the way that's put because Paul is saying, hey, this, this isn't up for debate. This is beyond debate. The results of what the Sarks does is very obvious. It's very clear. And here he delineates it. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. I didn't say that. The Holy Spirit said that. So the results of living out of the sarks are very clear. And let me tell you again, as I have told you before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit 
produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So the Holy Spirit produces fruit. The sarks produces nothing. Fruit comes from the Spirit. Nothing comes from the sarks. It said the sinful nature wants to do evil. And we just, Paul just delineated what that looks like. So, um, so what do we do? We have this spiritual warfare, and we know that we are supposed to be walking in the Spirit, and we are supposed to be doing battle in the Spirit, and I'm saying that we cannot do that unless we are baptized in the Spirit. Jesus, went in Matthew 11, three, no, Matthew 3.11, uh, John the Baptist is speaking, and he says, Jesus, this one that's coming after me, Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire is a cleansing element. Fire burns up and purifies. Fire burns up the wood, hay, and stubble, and it, and it takes away all the dross and leaves what is pure and beautiful and holy that kind of fire. So Jesus is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then Jesus himself says in Acts chapter 1, verse 5, he says, John baptized with water, but in a few days you are going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 8, he says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Judea, and all, in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So with the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes power. And we cannot wage spiritual warfare without power in the Holy Spirit, and that is done in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, so if we go back to Galatians 5, chapter, uh, after we just read verses 22 and 23, it says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. In the order of things, even in the order of time, the cross of Calvary came before Pentecost. So, we will not experience Pentecost until we have experienced the cross. And it says here, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not Listen to me, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. That is going right back to the sarks and not being empowered and living by the Spirit of Christ in us. So we have to nail that flesh, that sarks to the cross 
and then be baptized in the Holy Spirit and then go forward. It reminds me of that hymn, Onward Christian Soldiers. And we are going forward in battle because we have put on Christ. We have the whole armor of God and we prevail against hell. Amen? Okay, so hang on. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 because there's more. So I want to start. I'm going to have Robert give me lessons about how to do this. Um, We want to start in verse 12. This is really, really important. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. The only way that we can know what God has given us, and in other versions it will say, so that we may know or understand the gifts bestowed on us by God, the only way we can know that is through God's spirit. We cannot know it through the spirit of this world. We have not received the spirit of this world. We have received the spirit which is from God. And so we can understand everything that he has given us. Now it goes on to say, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Oh, it's so easy to slip into that. It's so easy to slip into our rational mind and try to spout rational wisdom when we should be offering wisdom that comes from above for living here below. And so he's saying, we don't don't use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. Do you hear that? Those words are given to us by the Spirit. I, do, I don't have any notes. I'm, I'm, this is my notebook. And the words that I am speaking this morning to the church, the Holy Spirit has given me, and I am speaking spiritual words to you. And so when it says, instead we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. So I'm telling you, and I know this for a fact, that there are people listening to me right now that are not understanding what I say. They can know the words I'm speaking They'll they'll hear the words, but they are not receiving the spiritual truth because they are not receiving it spiritually. And so that's why, church, it is so, so vital, important. There's no option that we need to be walking in the Spirit, walking in Christ Jesus, and giving no place for the flesh or the sarks. So... Because here, here's the trouble, chapter 3, dear brothers and sisters, verse 1, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. 
He's talking to Christians here. He's talking to the church at Corinth. And he says, you, you are, you're still not ready for you still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? When one of you says, I'm a follower of Paul, and another says, well, I follow Apollos. Aren't you acting just like people of the world? So, flip over to Hebrews chapter 5. The Holy Spirit wants this point to go home. Because my heart is to see a bride that is prepared for the marriage feast of the Lamb. Hebrews 5, starting at verse 11. The writer of Hebrews says... There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So that, that mature person, so that's the thing. Each of us is called, when we, be, when we are born again, it's just like a human infant. When that human infant is, is born and comes into this world, that infant doesn't stay an infant. That infant matures and becomes an adult. We're watching my son's newborn daughter. She's seven months old now. And just watching the transformation as she continues to grow and to form. And you can see her personality developing. And you can see the joy going back and forth between mom and dad and, the, and Harper Jean. And it is so amazing to watch. And it's no different for us as, as Christians, we are called into maturity. We are called out of that old life, which Paul actually talks about in Ephesians chapter 2. And so, since he just reminded me of that, I'm going to read it. He says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. So we have been transformed. We have been born again. We are new creations in Christ, and we cannot stay as an infant and, an infant and stay in our uh, sinful nature. We cannot continue to live in the sarks, but we must go on to become spiritual men and women in the body of Christ to the glory of God.
Amen. So um, I have no idea what time it is, and but it seems like the Lord is saying to me, um, "You've you've you've given the message, and but here's the deal: um, the Holy Spirit has been the Holy Spirit's job is to convict of sin and righteousness and judgment." He has not been twiddling his thumbs for the, for the past 30 minutes. He has been at work convicting of sin and righteousness and judgment. Even to the people that are watching via the live stream or even with a recorded session, then um, the Holy Spirit is at work. And so what I would like to do right now is have the prayer team come up. And it is time... For us to, if the Holy Spirit has been moving in you as he has moved in me, it is time to repent, to get rid, to cast off that old sinful nature, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Holy Spirit, and to walk in the, um, in, in the destiny that he has always had for each one of us. And he is leading us to that glorious destiny. But we have to be obedient and we have to be filled with all that he is. So we give all of us to all of him. And so I'm, I'm just going to ask the prayer team to come up now. Do we have one? And um, yeah, it, even if, you, if you're on the prayer team, come up here. And I'm going to ask all, all of those that uh, are moved by the Holy Spirit to just come up with each one of these people, and you can go ahead and um, and confess to what's on your heart. You can go ahead and repent. It, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now, this morning, because now is the acceptable time, and now is the day of salvation. And so we can have that, and the church will be baptized with the Spirit and with fire. And, and with that fire, we will be made holy and we will walk in holiness because in 1 Peter 1.15, it says that we are to be holy in all of our conduct because he who called us is holy. And so the word says, you shall be holy for I am holy, says the Lord. So um, I invite you to come up and, and for all everybody out there, uh, that are watching, you can do the same thing right where you are. In fact, if you want to, and anybody in here, you can just pray along with me as we go to the throne of grace. So, Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you are the Holy One. I thank you that you've provided everything for us, that you have you sent your Holy Spirit to baptize us and live in us and immerse us and empower us. So anybody that wants to can repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I repent of living in the sarks. I repent by living according to the flesh. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to live by the Spirit. So I ask you to baptize me in the Holy Spirit right now. I receive your Spirit. I receive everything that you have for me. I want to know you. I want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of who you are. 
and I want to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to be a witness right where I am. I want to be a witness in my town. I want to be a witness to the ends of the earth that you are God, that Jesus is your son, and that the Holy Spirit lives in me. So if you prayed that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You are cleansed from all unrighteousness. You are walking in the peace that Jesus gives you, that peace that passes understanding, that keeps your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's what you have right now. For those of you who do not know Jesus, you have never received Him. You have never had intimate relationship with Him. You've never even talked with Him. You can do that right now. So Jesus is standing there, and He is knocking at the door of your heart. And all you have to do is open up the door of your heart, just like you would open up the front door of your home to welcome a guest in. You can welcome Jesus into your heart. So just pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, I hear you knocking at the door of my heart. And I, with all of my heart, open it up. And I ask you to come in. And I ask you to... Dine with me and I with you, just like Revelation 3.20 promises. You come in and we'll have fellowship together. And you will disclose yourself to me because your word says that he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who will uh, love me and he will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. So now you have come into my heart and I know you. You have cleansed me from all of my sin. I am reborn. I am renewed. I am recreated. I belong to you. And I will walk with you from this time forward. So if you prayed that prayer with me, you just became new. And I, I ask you to find somebody who loves the Lord Jesus and fellowship with them. You can continue watching this broadcast, but you need to find a fellowship because the body of Christ is all about relationships. Relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and relationship with everybody else. So, hallelujah. Um, anybody else want to come up and pray? You can, but we'll go ahead and close the service. So church, be blessed, walk in the Spirit, and wield the sword of the Spirit in spiritual warfare. Amen and amen.